Welcome to One Foot In Industries, where we speak to employees within a specific industry to help understand the humans behind their LinkedIn. And through our research and their anecdotes, you might learn to appreciate or find an industry that you love. You could be an undergraduate, curious on what different industries exist and what the experience is like, or an early to mid-stage career employee searching for another industry to explore. Whatever it is, we'll learn from the people who matter because they're in the industry. But first, our partners. Assemble is a group of Telegram channels that focuses on bringing communities together with just a smartphone and the internet. If you're a prospective job seeker in tech or want to explore what else the tech industry has in store for you, they can connect you to the right employers. Just follow them on Telegram at Tech Careers. Link is in the description. Oh, by the way, if you're looking to advertise in any of their channels, we're working together and can produce for you both a Telegram shout-out and a podcast package. Just drop us an email at onefootin at oneupmediapodcast.com. Email is also in the description. Now back to One Foot In. In Season 3 of Industries, we'll explore finance, more specifically banks, larger fintech companies to fintech startups. At the final episode of the series, we'll have a guest who has been through all three segments and will share what is his experience. In the last episode, we learned about how banks made money and met two employees in HSBC and DBS to understand what they did. In this episode, we'll introduce to you three more individuals who spoke to us a while back. At the time of the recording, they were an analyst from UBS, an analyst from JP Morgan, and a trader from Morgan Stanley. First up, we have Daphne, who was working as a corporate action analyst at the time of recording. The corporate actions team is divided into about four or five teams. But my own team um, does income processing. So what my team does is we pay, we are the final stage where we pay out um, bonds and shares. And most of the time before these bonds and shares are paid, there are a lot of um, discrepancies between what we receive from our custodians, our counterparties, and what we're supposed to pay out so before these bonds and shares are being paid out there's a lot of reconciling to do and a lot of investigation within the market what's the most important thing that you think the listeners ought to know before they apply for the role the learning curve can be pretty steep and everything can come across as very fast-paced so you just have to be very open to learning and ask questions I think it's also helpful if like before uni, you have some free time to like take on some causes because I think employers like treasure that because they don't have to spend much time like to, to teach you things like especially, especially things like Excel or like Python and stuff like that. Could you share uh, what the company culture is like? Within my own, I would say it's very fast paced and the learning curve is very, very steep because we deal with clients' wealth, right? So there's very little time for you to, to learn and make errors. So you have to learn it once and you have to learn it well. 
So it can be quite stressful sometimes, but while the team works very hard, they party very hard together as well. So there's a nice balance where like, if we have a rough day at work, then, you know, we have a nice evening together and then we just complain about the rough day and then the next <laughs> day is just a new day. I would say in my team, it's, it leans more towards vertical. So there are like different levels of approval that you have to go through before the client's money actually reaches them. Next up is Darren, who is working as an EM structured FX rates and credit analyst. On a sales and trading floor, there would be three main roles that you can think of. The first mm. would be obviously your front office. These people include your sales guys, uh, your traders, your structurers, and these are the main money makers in the bank. Uh, the salespeople, they'll bring in the deals, they'll meet with clients, they'll talk to them, they'll get them to commit a certain amount of money they can trade in the firm. The traders, they will basically manage the deal flow. So any deal that comes in through sales will be managed by our traders. Whether they do the hedging, uh, whether they manage the risk of the inventory, that's all for the traders to do. The structurers are basically a little bit more of a less known role. So these guys, they don't manage the risk. They don't manage the clients. What they do is they act as a kind of uh, advisor to clients who come in with more tailored needs. So these guys will kind of work with the clients to come up with a product that's a little bit off the shelf, a little bit different from the usual ones. So for me, I'm in the credit derivatives and structured products middle office. So I work very closely um, with the deal flow with, um, for these clients and front office in general. So once sales procures the deals, what middle office will do is we are expected to be in the product specialist, the trade specialist. We are expected to understand the whole life cycle of a trade from inception, which is the booking of the deal in the, um, in the risk management system, which to me, you know, when I first came in, I thought it was a very easy role. Oh, book a deal, you know. How hard can it be? Add, the, add some numbers, add some dates. It's not so hard, right? Once you go there, it's a whole different ballgame. Because you really have to understand the whole dynamics of the deal, how the deal actually is. And sometimes you really do have to deep dive in into certain terms in the term sheet that, you know, you don't normally see on an everyday basis. And you probably have to engage legal to understand that a little bit further. But yeah, so the very first point for the middle office would be the booking of the deal in the system so that the traders can manage your risk. I would say that we are very closely tied, very similar to a trade assistant, at least from my middle office point of view. Um, and then you are expected to know the more intermediate, you know, life cycles of the trade, like when does the trade get exercised? When does the trade get unwound? When does it no bid? That kind of things, all the way to settlement. How does a client get paid their money? Um, are the coupons paid correctly? Are they not? If not, is there a resolution? Is there a dispute? And then you have to take that up with your fellow custodians. You have to take that up with the clients. And so it's a, just really a mixture of hard and soft skills. You compute your interests. You compute financially the terms of the contract, but you also have to deal with people on an everyday basis. What is your culture like then? Well, people always talk about banking being cutthroat. So granted, yeah, I'm not in the 
I'm not exactly what you say in the front office role. I'm more in a middle office trade support role that works very closely in front office. Uh, but the culture by and large seems to have been, um, the agenda seems to have been that banking firms are very toxic. Um, mm. But I, I guess I bought into the idea as well. So I came in the firm kind of expecting this culture, but you know, gradually you realize that it's actually not so bad uh, at all. Mm. But uh, the culture here is great, right? People, even though there are hierarchies between you know vice presidents, associates, analysts, uh, by end of the day, people still do treat you with respect regardless of your rank. People wow. still hear your opinions, whether you are an analyst or not. Like I can be on an email um, with a vice president, perfectly voice my opinion, and he'll agree with me because this is my area of specialties, expertise, and that is his area of expertise. So it doesn't really matter, right, whether you are a junior or not, because if you are in this area, you do have a particular edge over someone who is not, regardless of your rank. Anyway, coming back to the point of the culture, it's good. Um, People go out for lunch occasionally when they have the time. People hang out for after work activities like going for a run, going for drinks, going for yoga classes, whatnot. Because at the end of the day, you just want to create a family in there. You just want to create friends. And I guess my company does very well in that. Finally, we have Le Yong, who is working as an EMFX and rates trader. But first, our partners. With Career Tracks by Talent Tribe, figure out which career path is right for you, how to break in, and how to succeed in them. Whether you're starting out in your career, trying to get a career switch, or just looking to get better in the career path that you're on, you'll find practical advice, insider tips, and hear industry professionals share their personal career journeys. This includes product management, management consulting, data analytics, SEO, inside sales, and over 100 other career paths. Experience career tracks for yourself and learn more about their upcoming webinar. Link is in the description. Glens.com is a great website to connect you to your dream company. With over 1.5 million professionals connected to over 30,000 companies so far. If you are a business owner, Glintz also offers recruitment services and offshoring solutions. So go check out glintz.com, that is G-L-I-N-T-S dot com. Now back to One Foot In. Firstly, I need to talk a little bit about what, how trading is different inside a bank and maybe like uh, the one that typically people will understand. Um, you to to outside people like trading means to kind of like bet on the markets, you know, going up and down, whatever. But um, the difference in a bank, a sell side, we call it, is that we are actually the ones providing liquidity to the end clients who need to trade. So what that means is that um, a client would want to trade some particular asset class and we will be quoting a price for them to both buy and sell and whatever that they decide the bank traders will take the other side of those positions so we are essentially providing liquidity to clients who who, who, who want to express views in the market but our job is 
having taken the other side of those positions, how do we manage the risk for the bank? So one example for you to better understand is, let's say you want the price of the new iPhone. I'll quote you something like, uh, if you want to buy the iPhone, you can buy it from me at $2,000. If you want to sell the iPhone, you can sell it to me at $1,500. So you can see that uh, the, the bank traders are always buying low, which is $1,500, and selling high, which is $2,000, while the clients are essentially doing the opposite. So let's say you decide to buy the iPhone at $2,000. You, you go long the iPhone at $2,000 and I go short the iPhone at $2,000, right? And my job is to make sure that I can kind of buy back the iPhone at a price lower than $2,000. So if I go into the, to the secondary market, whatever, I manage to find a, that I can cover this iPhone at $1,700, then essentially that difference, the $300 difference, is what I make for the bank. So our jobs, main jobs is to be like liquidity providers in, in the market. Um, so that's, that's what traders do at a sell side bank. Um, what EM means is like emerging markets. Basically, I focus on um, like countries in Asia um, and I have to be the specialist of these countries and whatever that is happening locally, whether it's their like fiscal policy, their monetary policy, their economic data, their local politics, and how that impacts different asset classes like uh, FX and rates. What about the culture? In terms of Morgan Stanley's culture, I would say that um, they are results-driven, obviously. They are very um, entrepreneurial and empowering. And what I mean by that is I feel that they give responsibility to newcomers fairly early and they recognize that that kind of empowerment is critical for your development and they want people to be able to come in and value at the team to be able to um, add value um, to be able to like improve the team and if you are able to do so I think that the company as a whole is very uh, encouraging to give you the platform to, to do so I think it's a special culture for me like they really invest in their people and they really push them to 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 do more to be better um, and all be kind of focused at the unified goal of like um, driving revenue and profits for the firm so that that's how i'll describe the culture and how they want their teams to be set up hope you enjoyed this episode and this concludes our conversations with employees within the banks. If you want to learn more finance roles, rest assured that for the next two months, we'll be releasing two more episodes, one per month of industries, where we'll introduce a total of four more roles across payments to fintech startups. Specifically in the next episode, we'll have three employees from PayPal, Visa and MasterCard. By the way, we know that some of you might not want to wait for the next month's episode and you want to hear all of their perspectives earlier. So, we can send it to you. If you could help us with these three steps. First, post this episode's link on your LinkedIn. Second, in that same post, share how much this episode helped you. And lastly, tag us at number one foot in podcast. And me, I'm Greg. Yes, I'm a living person. And my LinkedIn is in the description section. After you've done so, rest assured, I'll be dropping a LinkedIn DM summary to you on what they share. 
thank you for staying all the way to the end and see you next week <laughs>